Hello and welcome to Timeless Truths, a sermon podcast from St. Mark Ministries in Greater Green Bay, Wisconsin. This week we continue our series, Looking Back to Have a Better Future. In episode 27, let's join Pastor John Parlow as we unpack the phrase, He who has ears. So open up your heart, open up your Bible, and let's dig into these timeless truths. How good of a listener are you? There's a common misconception out there that men don't listen to women, that men are just bad listeners. But the research doesn't bear out that belief, my friends. The research says that men listen differently than women do. Women's brains are wired much differently than men's. And one of the reasons, or one of the causes then, or one of the things that results from that is, is women are much more in tune with their emotions And thus, that could be one reason that the average woman speaks 20,000 words a day. And the average man, 7,000 words a day. Now, that leads me to believe this is not scientifically uh, backed. Why many of us men are perceived as bad listeners to our wives. I mean, ladies, you get to 7,000, we're done for the day. We're done. We've stopped talking and we'll probably stop listening, okay? Uh, listening to God is important. Sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. Carefully listening to God is one of the best ways to stay on track spiritually. But that's where the problem sometimes occurs in our lives. It certainly was a problem for God's Old Testament people, Israel, and the prophets back then. Uh, The prophets were God's spokesmen back in the Old Testament, God would bring a message to them, and they in turn would share it with the people of Israel and their leadership, the kings and the priests and so on. And that wasn't the only way that God would communicate with his people, but during this time period, it was the primary way he did, through people like Elijah and Elisha and uh, Isaiah. He would bring them a message, and then they in turn would communicate it and make it known to the people. But that's often where the problem occurred. Many times in Old Testament history, the people of Israel and their kings especially didn't want to hear what the Lord was saying through his prophets. And that brings us to 1 Kings chapter 22. Let me give you a little context. At this time, about the time of after Absalom, David's son, tried to take the throne away from him, there was a split in what we call the Holy Lands. We always call it the nation of Israel, but now it was split. There were, the, there were the 10 tribes in the north that were now called Israel, and many of them had broken from God because they followed false gods. And then there were only two remaining tribes around Jerusalem in the south, and that was called the southern kingdom. That was Benjamin and Judah, and they were called Judah. Now, at this time, there was a king in Israel, those 10 tribes, who was a wicked king named Ahab. Had a wicked wife named Jezebel, okay? Bad. All right? And uh, he, he really wants to go and get one of the cities that his enemies stole from him and conquered from him, but his army isn't big enough. And so he talks to his buddy, the king down in, uh, down in Judah. His name is Jehoshaphat. If you're looking for a name for a boy, Jehoshaphat is it, Okay? Pretty good king, kind of ended a little weak, but he's a pretty good king. And that's where we pick up the account. For three years, there was no war between Aram and Israel. 
But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel, Ahab. The king of Israel said to his officials, Don't you know that Rahab Gilead belongs to us? And yet we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram. So he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight against Rahab Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are. My people are your pe- as your people. My horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, um, First seek the counsel of the Lord. Jehoshaphat was smart enough to know, if you're going into a big battle, that's a big deal. So you better talk to God and see what he has to say. Verse 6, so the king of Israel, Ahab, brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, uh, shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. Jehoshaphat asked, uh, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? During this time period, there were good prophets and there were bad prophets, probably prophets of Baal in Israel at the time. There were godly prophets bringing the word of God to people and there were ungodly prophets who simply told people like this king anything they wanted to hear in order to increase their financial, uh, financial life, uh, blow up their Instagram account, and have at least 100,000 followers and members on their YouTube page. Today we would say they were prophets who were only interested in gaining prophets. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament would talk about people trying to use God's word this way just to get money, and he, he talked about their preaching. He said they would preach what people wanted to hear, what their itching ears wanted to hear. These false prophets, probably prophets of Baal, Uh, they just told King Ahab whatever he wanted to hear. But Jehoshaphat was smart enough to know the difference between a real prophet and a false prophet. And that's why he says in verse 8, the king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, yeah, there is still one prophet through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imlah. The king should not say such a thing, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel, Ahab, called one of his officials and said, Okay, bring Micaiah, son of Imlon, at once. Ahab knew that Micaiah was really a prophet of God. He just didn't want to hear from God on this occasion. He wanted to disobey God. Uh, See, on other occasions, and you can read that for yourself, Micaiah came to Ahab, and it wasn't ever pretty what he had to say from God to Ahab. And so it's not like God didn't support his kings. He did many times. But Ahab, he didn't because Ahab had become a wicked king following false gods, and he had really turned his, a deaf ear to God a long time ago. And so at this point, what Ahab had done is he had surrounded himself with sycophants, people who were just going to tell him what he wanted to hear. But even Ahab, this wicked king, knew, yeah, I probably should hear from the Lord, so bring in Micaiah. Verse 13. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, Look, buddy, the other prophets without exception are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. You know, come on, man, just go along to get along, okay? Just say the same thing. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, 
I can tell him only what the Lord tells me. When he arrived, the king, Ahab, asked him, Micaiah, shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or not? Attack and be victorious, he answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. Now, if you read this whole context, you realize he's being sarcastic. Micaiah's making fun of Ahab once again. You see that in the response in verse 16. The king said to him, how many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then Micaiah answered, okay. I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. The king of Israel, Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad? Micaiah continued, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. Well, there you have it. God's word, God's voice, God's decree. If you go into battle, you will lose. If you go ahead and do this, you're going to crash and burn. Clear, concise, unambiguous. But now, what happens? What does he do? Well, he says, you know, God says, if you go in, it's not going to go well for you. But now God says, now Ahab says, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to turn a deaf ear to God. I'm not going to listen to him. And not only does he disobey God's word, he now becomes hostile toward the messenger of God's word. He wants to eliminate the messenger so he can hopefully eliminate the message from him. Now, maybe you've heard the phrase in our culture. Um, I'll tell you what. Don't shoot the messenger. In other words, hey, don't yell at me. She just told me to tell you this. Or he just told me to tell you this. Now, don't don't come back on me. Well, that's what's happening here. He's actually saying, you know what? I'm going to kill the messenger, or at least harm him, so that the message won't come true. That's why verse 26 says this. Ahab said, put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safely. So Ahab decides to go to war, war. but he's going to disguise himself. He's very crafty, deceitful. And he's also going to disguise himself so he doesn't get killed, and the destruction that Micaiah told him would come to him wouldn't come to him, at least he thought that. Here's what happens. Verse 29. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter the battle in disguise, But you wear the royal robes. Great guy, right? You look like a target. I'm going to just sneak around. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Aram had ordered his 32 chariot commanders. Those were the tanks of their day. Do not fight with anyone, small or great, except the king of Israel. When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, surely this is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him. But when Jehoshaphat cried out, the chariot commander saw that he was not the king of Israel and stopped pursuing him. But someone drew his bow at random and hit the king of Israel, Ahab, between the sections of his armor. The king told his chariot driver, wheel around and get me out of the fighting. I have been wounded. All day long the battle raged. And the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Arameans. The blood from his wound ran onto the floor of his chariot, and that evening he died. 
As the sun was setting, a cry spread throughout the army. Every man to his town, every man to his land. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried him there. They washed the chariot at the pool of Samaria where the prostitutes bathed, and the dogs licked up his blood, as the word of the Lord had declared. Yet another verse that shows us that the Bible's not always kid-friendly, right? But Ahab was not the only person who ever crashed and burned in life because he didn't listen to what God had said. Jim has. Nancy has. You have. I have. And it's not because God hasn't made himself known and hasn't communicated. It's because we've turned a deaf ear. We really didn't want to listen to anything that he said. And you see, when you turn a deaf ear to God and his word and you, and you no longer hear what he has to say, what happens is uh, you, you, don't, you, don't, you do that because you don't want your lifestyle cramped or you don't want to have options erased from your life or what are you going to tell your friends? And so what happens is you turn a deaf ear to God's word and then you actually then become hostile toward God and those people who share God's word and believe in God's word. That's why what often happens when this scenario occurs is you'll hear gossip, slander, and verbal attacks against your former local church, your pastors or staff, the fellow members or partners in that ministry, or even the parents. That's a sin. That's a sin that will get you spiritually off track and can ultimately steal away your eternity. I don't want to see that happen to you or me. So let's apply what we've learned from God's truth in the Old Testament to our lives in the New Testament by taking a look at four different ways we can be better listeners. And here's the first one. There is a God and he is not silent. That is a frightening reality. You want to know why most people are atheists if you get down to it? It's because of this. They don't want there to be a God. If there really is a God and he has communicated to us, that changes everything. Everything. That's why Jordan Peterson, that famous psychologist, very bright guy, who's reading the Bible and studying the Bible and talks about Jesus as a great example, that's why if you, if you watch his reels as I do, you'll find out this is why he's still wrestling. He can't get his mind around the fact that Jesus is the son of God in the flesh. Because he says, that's going to change my entire life. That's going to change my entire practice as a psychologist. That's going to change this world and this worldview I have. And that's why a lot of times people will turn a deaf ear to God. And they'll just walk through life saying, I'm not listening, I'm not listening, I'm not listening. But the reality is, God is. Second thing I'd encourage you to do. Make sure it is God you're listening to. Now, some people use what's called a Bible matrix. Let me just give you a couple parts of it. First thing is, if you want to know what God says to a certain area of your life or a certain topic, just check out what God has already said about that topic or that area of your life. Read your Bible. I continue to have a handout for you at the Connect Center that will help you understand those passages that are sometimes more difficult to understand. Take one for a friend. Second part of the Bible matrix I'd share with you is make sure that you, uh, you take advantage of godly counsel. God has made you and me, not to, you and me, to kind of live 
in community with people, to do life together in circles. Not just rows, this is good, but circles is even better, right? And so look for people who've been walking with Jesus for a long time. They're very wise and experienced. And look for people whose life shows an authenticity in the fact that they're trying to live the way the Bible says they are to live. Those people will make sure that you're not fooled by someone who's saying they're godly, but not giving you a godly message. Like so many of the sycophants and charlatans who gather across our nation and saturate churches on Sunday mornings, telling people what their itching ears want to hear, telling them about a heaven on earth. Be very discerning when it comes to who are you listening to in podcasts or on YouTube channels. Not everyone is good. Third, make sure you pray. Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the hand of omnipotence. Not only do you and I have such a loving God that he came from heaven to earth and lived as our perfect substitute because God says good isn't good enough, not only do we have a God that then died on the cross to make payment for every one of your sins, including the one that bugs you at night, the devil keeps throwing your way, and you need to remind the devil, you know, Jesus' blood even covers that sin. We have a God who then physically rose from the dead so that you, as a Christian, can say to your dying family member who's a believer as well, don't worry, Mom, it's all right. I will see you again. But we also have a God right now who says, because you're my son or daughter, through faith, I give you the keys to the door. You can open up the kingdom door and walk into the kingdom room and talk to me anytime you want in prayer. I'm always listening. God loves when his children talk to him in prayer. He's always in the room. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for insight. Ask him for peace. And a lot of times he answers your prayers by kind of nudging you in a certain direction or bringing someone in your path at just the right time. So talk to him. And then finally, it's the hardest one sometimes, obey what he says, whether you like it or not. Is there, is there really anybody in heaven on earth who loves you more than Jesus, who has a better plan for you now and after now? But if you don't think that's the case, then what you're doing is you're living your life as a game. And it's a dangerous game. And you're going to live your life saying, I'm not letting anybody tell me how to live my life. I'll make up the rules for my life, thank you very much. And you will become hostile toward Christians and Christianity. And what's likely going to happen then is you're going to be spiritually wounded and you're going to eternally bleed out in your own personal chariot. Listen to what God says and obey it. Obey it always. So where are you right now as a Jesus follower? Where are you? Are you reading God's word on a regular basis as if it's a pipeline that feeds you body and soul? Are you doing life with people who've been walking with the Lord, taking advantage of their wise counsel? Are you talking to God all the time because he's in the room? Are you talking to him all the time? And probably the hardest one, when you hear from him, what do you do with what you hear? See, the more we practice listening to God and applying what we hear to our lives, the more we hear from God. But the less you practice hearing from God and listening to God, eh, the more distant his voice becomes. 
Let me give you an illustration of that that a couple other people gave me, and I think it's a great illustration. Now, I'm going to play a couple of tones in a minute now, in a few, few minutes. Uh, and I'd like you, this is the audience participation part, uh, I'd like you to go ahead and, and with a show of hands after the tone is played to tell me if you heard this tone. All right? Here's the first tone. Go. I didn't tell you to raise your hand yet. Okay. Raise your hand if you heard that tone. You don't follow directions apparently either. Okay, good. All right, this next one, especially the children under 25, should be able to hear this tone. The ones over 25, you're old. Ready? Play it. How many heard that tone? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's all the kids, right? A lot less, right? Do you know why that is? That's called the mosquito tone. It's 17 kilohertz. And see, as, as adults, 25 and older, we can't hear stuff over 16 kilohertz. Not usually. Now, the mosquito tone was actually, little trivia here for you, was actually developed in the UK to make sure teenagers didn't loiter around convenience stores. So they'd just play that tone and all the teenagers couldn't stand it and they'd leave. But all the adults never heard it, so they went in. But then a really smart person, probably a teen, made that tone, the mosquito tone, into a ringtone. And they used it to text one another in high school, and they could hear the text, but the teacher couldn't. (laughs) You can lose your spiritual hearing, but not due to age, due to a lack of use. It's not just enough to say, I'm going to try to listen to God. It is striving every day to listen more to what God has to say and apply it. Because the more you do that, the more you hear, and the more you stay on track spiritually. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Timeless Truths. Whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, we're glad you could join us. For more information or to support the work of St. Mark Ministries, check out our website at stmarkministries.com. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue our series, looking back to a better future. And remember, you matter and you are loved.